The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to a Came From the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via social distancing. We have none other than our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Pandemic partners, how's everybody out there? And we also have from the Life with Jenner G, uh, com, Jen Elise Feldy. Hello, guys. I hope you're working out. So uh, this week's show, uh, we're going to have uh, Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Sperano. Uh, who should be joining us shortly, hopefully. Uh, we'll have his comic pick of the week. We'll have another Jaybird and Lee segment. And we have, uh, and I, have an interview with none other than uh, a balloon artist, uh, Long Island's own Mr. Poppentwist. We so, love him. Yes. So <laughs> before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. The news is brought to you in part by the Fine Pulse of the Big Apple Honda, which we are celebrating with 25 years of pop culture and comic book stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention, in theory, will be on May 1st and May 2nd of 2021. And we want to give our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Onji Gun, Shadow Rabbit Heart, and The Huracan, which is a convention in Long Island. Uh, if you want to get your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com and look up It Came For Rail in the search bar. Uh, so let's. Oh, that was a nice, nice touch right there. <laughs> oh, so let's take it away with the news. Um, no sad news this week. Um, I'm wow. Sure, I'm sure. Oh no, that makes is, me so sad. I'm sure there is sad news, but we have none to report. So let's just start with the regular. I'll news. give you some sad news if you well, want. Well, all right, from the desk of Jenna Lee Steldy, what do you got? No, sad I'm news. just kidding. I, I'm not into complaining. <laughs> no, I just decided to make a rule. If someone wants to complain on the phone, they call me up. They get one minute to complain, and then we got to do something productive. That's my new rule. <laughs> Unless so, you're paying me. Oh, okay. That's all right. Um, so <gasps> the dog says it's time to go. So from the <laughs> boldly go uh, where others have gone before department. Simon & Schuster has announced a new Star Trek novel which centers around what happened to Riker and Troy before the events of the Picard series. Uh, the book is described as follows. <clears throat> the Alpha Quadrant is mirrored in crisis within the United Federation of Planets. A terrorist strike in the shipyards of Mars has led to the shutdown of all relief efforts for millions of Romulans facing certain doom from an impending supernova. But when the USS Titan is drawn into the catastrophic event of the Romulan Federation border, Captain William Riker, his family, and his crew find themselves caught between the shocking secrets of an enigmatic alien species with the deadly agenda of a ruthless Talshar operative forced into a wary alliance with the Romulan Starship Commander Riker and the Titan crew must uncover the truth to stop the devastating attack, but one wrong move can plunge the entire sector into open conflict. Um, did you guys see... Uh... Picard, Star Trek Picard? No. I'm sorry, I don't speak this language. I speak English. I don't know <laughs> what's going on right now. I think I'd be more well-versed in Mandarin. <laughs> so where did this trouble start out? The shipyards of Mars? Yes. You know what? If trouble was going to start, that's where it's going to start because those, those longshoremen aliens, they're something else. <laughs> I'm telling you. They, they just... They're just terrible. Um, Star Trek Picard, The Dark Veil, will go on sale on January 5th. I think it's kind of nice to bring back Riker and Troy because they had an appearance in the Picard series and they also had an appearance in the animated show uh, Lower Decks. And it's nice to see them back in the action. Uh, yeah. Let's see. So moving I'm on. Still getting, yes. I'm still getting a kick out of those uh, Patrick Stewart, Mark Hamill commercials. Yes, those are really awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's fine. Let's see. From the, I guess we won't find out what happens after all department. Um, Netflix has announced that due to the ongoing pandemic, the TV series Glow 
which had already been renewed for a fourth and final season, will not proceed as planned. Uh, for those of you who aren't paying attention, the show centered around a troop of female professional wrestlers inspired by the actual glow, gorgeous ladies of wrestling program in the 80s. Netflix says, <clears throat> we've made a difficult decision not to do a fourth season of Glow due to COVID, which makes shooting this physical, intimate show with its large ensemble cast especially challenging. We are so grateful to the creators, all the writers, cast, and crew for sharing this story of the incredible women of Glow with us around the world. Um, yep. Did you go guys ahead. watch that Glow? Love that show. Um, I used to watch... I'm sorry, Jen, go ahead. Oh, I just, I loved it. I watched it twice. I thought it was so creative. And it's basically like sketch comedy and physicality mixed together. So I love it. With a, with a little bit of drama thrown in, I thought it was actually very well yeah. done. Well, I used to, I, I remember, what was Glow? Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I remember some of those ladies could pull your teeth out of your mouth and shove it down your throat. That's how gorgeous they were. So you didn't watch the new Netflix series, Charlie? You just watched the original? No, I didn't. I didn't watch. Uh, I don't. You know what? I don't do much of uh, any TV watching these days. I uh, I sort of stay to the Westerns. Like I come home in the morning, I turn on the movie channel or turn it uh, classic movies. And I'm usually watching Westerns. Huh. And then I go to bed, get up, go to work and do it again. Rinse and repeat. All right. Yeah. Um, of note, according to insiders, all the series regulars have been paid in full for season four. So that's kind of cool that they did get paid, even though the show yeah. is not going to get done. Uh, these wow. people love the pandemic. <laughs> uh, let's that's see. a good deal. Moving on from the at least the cookies are safe department. Mm, uh, for, those, for those of you who haven't been, been paying attention, there is an asteroid headed to Earth, our Earth. On November 2nd. Um, I knew that. Really? I did. I knew that. Did, I just did. assumed it was happening because what else would it you know, be happening now? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it um, just kind of fits the narrative. <laughs> Asteroid 2018VP1, discovered in 2018, which is about seven feet in diameter, has a 0.041% chance of entering our planet's atmosphere. To prepare for this, none other than Nabisco has built an Oreo bunker in Norway. <laughs> in a video posted on Friday, Oreo unveiled a post-apocalyptic cookie vault to ensure a selected batch of Oreo cookies to make it through the apocalypse safe and sound. The vault is built to withstand extreme temperatures, chemical reactions, and the like. <laughs> Oreo says, <clears throat> as an added precaution, the Oreo packs are wrapped in mylar which can withstand temperatures from minus 80 degrees to 300 degrees Fahrenheit and is impervious to chemical reactions, moisture, and air, keeping the cookies fresh and protected for years to come. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, they're prepared. I, I wonder how much money they spent on this, if any at all. Um, I mean, it's a real bunker. It's, it's like a video. You can actually see the video. and they, it's, So for so people who may not know, there is an actual seed vault in Norway. So they actually have all the seeds that have ever existed in case that there is an actual apocalypse. They can replant the seeds in this giant, massive vault in Norway. So they hired wow, the wow. guy who designed that vault <laughs> to make the cookie vault like a few miles down in Norway. And you can see pictures of the cookie. It's, little, they, it's, not, it's a little tiny vault, but it's there. They I mean, if the, world really end, if the world ended, would you want to be alone by yourself, miles underground eating Oreos? Because that sounds like the, what the depressed well, people are doing now. <laughs> it, it ain't worth caca without the milk. That's true. So, yeah, where are we gonna get the milk? We're gonna have they, to milk cows. They need the milk. The milk vault. They're gonna have they to breed cows three miles vault. underground together with the Oreo vault. That's hilarious. That's um, true. They forgot about that. It's wow. like what was that? Uh, that Twilight Zone episode where the guy had all the books, but he didn't have the glasses to read the books. Oh, oh uh, not uh, enough time. Yeah, so they'll have all the cookies, but no milk to go with it. Um, yeah. I just, that was on two weeks ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That well, was people, with uh, Burgess, Burgess Meredith. People really are taking money out of their accounts to make these bunkers. Huh. Yeah. It is happening. I had, I had a boyfriend in finance, and one of the clients took out 
I want to say a million dollars or so, a couple million dollars to put a bunker a couple miles down mm. somewhere. I want to say in Ohio. Huh. Yeah. So this is years uh, ago. Of note, the if the asteroid does hit Earth, according to scientists, there will be little to no damage as the size makes it more likely to burn up in the atmosphere. Yeah, we don't. We really don't have to get Bruce Willis and the crew for this one. <laughs> it's, it's it's seven feet. It's seven <laughs> feet, and you know. I've been saying this for a while, right? I think that there's an alien inside that seven foot tall alien, six foot tall alien in there floating around. When he's going to come into the earth, he's going to jump out. And then we're going to have aliens in 2020. That's my, that's what I'm putting my money on. Maybe the alien can run for president. Better options. Yeah. Yeah, Well, we're going to see how, um, how long it stays seven feet after it hits the atmosphere and starts burning off chunk after chunk. So November 2nd, so we will see. So this is going to air before, so we will see. And then when we have our next show, it'll be after the oh, alien. Oh, crap, I better, <laughs> I better vote quick. Um, so moving on, from moving the on. Still No Screech department, as mentioned in a previous show, Mario Lopez, Elizabeth Berkeley, and Mark Paul Gosser are all reprising the roles of A.C. Slater, Jesse Spano, and Zach Norris on a new Saved by the Bell series coming to Hulu. It turns out that in the latest trailer, none other than Tiffany Amber Thiessen, who played Kelly Kapowski, appears. I love Tiffany. Yeah, she appears in what looks like Zach's wife, who is the governor in the series. Um, still, yeah. no Dustin Diamond, no Screech. They appear that he's not going to be on there. And and we we determined that the the uh, what's her name, the stripping, the girl who did the stripping, Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah, she'll be in it. Right? Yeah, so that's Elizabeth Berkeley. So she's going to be in it. So the only two who are not involved are Lark Voorhees and uh, Dustin Diamond. Mm-hmm. Now, we all know that Dustin Diamond has had some... Uh, he's not been friends with the group for a while. But uh, Lark Voorhees, I only found this out yesterday while I was doing some research. It turns out that she has um, bipolar disorder. And she feels slighted that she feels that because of her bipolar disorder, they didn't invite her to be on the show. So that kind of sucks. <laughs> That's, oh, that's they didn't up, even yeah. invite her? Yeah, they didn't. According to her, she wow. said that they, she was not even invited to be back. Wow. Do you know what's even oh. more interesting? What? Um, more than this Saved by the Bell BS. Um, <laughs> I heard that that they, they're going to do a uh, Fresh fresh Prince reunion thing. Yes, they're going like, to have a... Yes. Fresh, from the desert, Charlie Saladino. Um, well, yes, they will have <laughs> a um, Will Smith... Uh, backed Fresh Prince serious uh, series. I think it's going right. to be on uh, Hulu or something like that. But yeah, they're going to do they, it. They actually went back to the original mansion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, oh, super yeah. fresh. I'm, I'm more, <laughs> I'm more <laughs> interested. I'm more interested in that than say by the bell. So on because the of, if yes. Screech is not in it. No Screech. You know. you've met Screech. <laughs> And we've established that he's that he's not a jerk, right? He's uh you know, he's definitely not. We we saw that firsthand. Um and, uh, yeah, wow. So moving on, on this on the same notes, speaking of uh reboots, from the what else is there left to reboot, remake, or redo department? Universal Studios has teamed up with Seth McFarlane Studio, Fuzzy Bear, Fuzzy Door, to make a new Smokey and the Bandit TV series. The series is being written by David Gordon Green, most famous for doing Pineapple Express. Executives say, we knew we had to remain faithful to the original setting in the South and find an authentic voice. David's immediate interest and unique perspective and love for the original made it possible. Smoking in the Bandit was a very cool and irreverent film at the time. We hope to achieve the same feelings of the show. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Smoking in the Bandit was a 1977 film starring Burt Reynolds as Bo Bandit Darville. Uh, Bandit was paid to bootleg 400 cases of Coors beer across the country from Texas to Atlanta, along the way being chased by legendary uh, comedian and actor Jackie Gleason as a sheriff. And uh, is, is Ted going to play Smokey? The bear? Yeah. Oh. Okay, I got it. It took me a second. <laughs> Yeah, it came around the corner and hit you. Yes. <laughs> I was like, who the hell is dead? <laughs> well, you said fuzzy door. Yes, shooting. yes, yes. The, the, the Seth MacFarlane Ted. Got it. I was thinking Family Guy all the way. It didn't even, Ted didn't even register. Um, so were you a uh, fan <laughs> of being a bandit, uh, Charlie? 
Uh, they they were fun movies. There was a couple of them made. Um, actually, that uh, that was the movie. That was the picture that brought uh, Sally Field and Burt Reynolds uh, together for a while. They were an item, and uh, yeah, it it was a good uh, good movie. They had um, oh, I can't think of his name. I feel Jerry so Reed. bad. Yes, thank you, Jerry Reed, in there. And uh, who is a, a good country uh, Western artist? Um, and everything worked. Everything worked in that it was, it was, I think, really, really amusing, especially uh, with, with Gleason. I, I believe that if Gleason wasn't in that movie, it wouldn't have been as amusing. You know, I didn't know that that was the same actor who was uh, from the Honeymooners. I had no idea that they were the same person. <laughs> Because he, he was cursing, he was cursing and everything. I was like, that's not the same guy. And it was in color and one was in black and white. So as a kid, <laughs> I couldn't make the connection until I got older. I was like, yeah. oh, wow. Um, Jen, did you ever watch uh, Smoking the Bandit? Were you a fan? No, I was probably busy watching Saved by the Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably um, stuck on that. The film spawned uh, two sequels, a spinoff TV series, which may have served as a prequel in 1994. Um, so let's see. Oh, I love this one. So let's see. We're going to should we do this one. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, I heard that. Yes. So <laughs> from the it smells like chicken department mm. <laughs> for the third year in a row, Walmart is teaming up with KFC to make and sell fried chicken scented 11 and herb spices fire mm. log. Mm. executives say <clears throat> for the past few years we have warmed the hearts and homes of our fried chicken fans during the holiday season with our yeah. herbs and spices <laughs> dialogue <laughs> although this year may look different we hope that expanding our exclusive partnership people can once again grab a fried chicken scented dialogue along with a bucket of chicken from KFC and savor the taste smells and warmth that has become our favorite holiday tradition my God, it it lends a whole new meaning to the Yule log. Oh God! Oh, that you sounds delicious. Yeah. And they say if you smell some scents, then you don't have to eat them. Like one weird diet trick is to smell vanilla or buttercream or chocolate scented perfume or candles, and then that's going to give you your fix. So you don't want to eat wow. it as much. I don't know if it really works. I've tried it, but I love fried chicken. Mm, now well, I would love this. But and joining Please. us is our very own Pronto Comics Dominic Defense Brands Verano. Hello. Uh, did, hey, you, did you did you manage to catch that bit of news that we just mentioned? No, like I, I'm sorry, I was stuck in traffic. <laughs> there was a lot of traffic between my sofa where the TV is to where my computer was. Seriously <laughs> so, though, I looked. I'm like, oh my god, it's time for the show. I so, feel terrible. I'm sorry, guys. It's all right. So we were actually just mentioning that uh, KFC is teaming up with Walmart to make a Kentucky Fried Chicken smelled uh, fire log to throw in the in the fireplace. Uh, that Charlie, what is god awful? <laughs> Charlie, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, is it shaped like a, a drumstick? <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That I want that sense. now. <laughs> yeah, like a breast of chicken, or ju just like pots. It should be shaped like pots, you know. <laughs> pots of Brains. chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and did you remember Channel Eleven uh, on Christmas Eve had the, the Yule log? Yeah, yeah. So now, could you imagine that only the log is shaped like a, a chicken pot? Yeah. Oh my god. But it doesn't have the eleven herbs and spices smell. We wanna we wanna smell the chicken. <laughs> Can you smell the chicken? Yes. I wish I could. I'm sitting in front of my fireplace right now, and that's all I'm missing. Oh there you go. That. Yeah. I would like I would like to have a fire uh, a house that smells like chicken without actually having to cook the chicken. I like that idea. It's called well, DoorDash, Mark. <laughs> DoorDash. Just go to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, That's all. pretty much. <laughs> this is pretty much how it, yeah. how it goes. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Um, for the last, I think this is the last bit of news. I think we covered everything. Let's see. Did I skip any? No. Okay. So for the last bit of news, from the eleven is enough department. Universal to eleven. <laughs> Universal has just announced that Justin Lin, who directed who directed the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and ninth. Fast and Furious films will return to direct the final two installments of the franchise and is ending the series. 
Um, of course, this does not mean that the franchise itself is dead, as Universal plans to make more spin-off movies, cartoons, and TV shows, uh, some of which are already out there, such as the Hobson short film that came out last year, and the animated TV show on Netflix. Wait, wait, wait. There's an animated TV show already about this? Yeah, it's about the kids. It's on Netflix. It's, uh, it was mentioned on, on uh, uh, Vin Diesel mentioned it. I think he's backing it. And then it's on Netflix and there's kids racing around in cars or something. That's the cartoon. I got to look. This, oh. I had no idea. I got to look this up. Hmm. I that's saw it of... and I'm like, yeah. That's, I'm just that's saying, not... I had no idea that. I mean, it, to me, it makes perfect sense as a cartoon. What they do. Come on. Like, it's so out there. So over the top. It makes there's, absolutely no sense. It's perfect as a cartoon. nothing I, I believe more than Vin Diesel jumping off the car in one <laughs> level of a highway and mm-hmm. connecting with his mate on the other level, on the lower level, without any scratches. All right. Now, when you Actually, say it that way, it sounds kind of dirty, but that's not what... I, believe, <laughs> I thought it was completely believable. Out of the gutter. <laughs> I thought it was completely believable when he drove a car out of one skyscraper in Dubai <laughs> into oh, another skyscraper in Dubai. That was excellent. You know, that, you know, or when they outran a submarine in Arctic Russia. Yeah, that's, that's very believable. I've seen yeah. up to Fast and Furious Eight. When did Fast and Furious Nine come out, or was it supposed to come out and then the it pandemic was, yes. stopped it? Yes, okay. it was supposed to come out and the pandemic stopped it. Actually, um, I'll, I'll mention this in a second. Jen, did you are you a Fast and Furious fan? Well, I saw one in theaters maybe. 10 or 20 years ago whenever it started <laughs> maybe 50 years ago maybe, when did this start during the ice age it feels like but it. when it first started that's when i saw it once again jen you look great for like 100 you look awesome. <laughs> thank you so much you're very welcome i would not put you over like a day over 29 <laughs> yeah thank you so much this is good it, it dumbs down the conversation a bit though because i try to have more highbrow conversation people <laughs> think i'm a couple decades younger so it's it's really a problem but thank you so the um the the Fast and Furious film um we we talked about this that um I forgot the guy the thing was Tyrese was upset at mm-hmm. the Rock about leaving and making his own movie because Fast and Furious Nine was supposed to come out that year but then they made Hobbs and Shaw instead with the right. Rock and uh, Statham so he left Tyrese needs time. money and yes exactly so that's why he was upset because it cost him all that money that he would have made last year because the movie didn't come out so now right. the movie was supposed to come out and it gets delayed so nobody's getting any money yet. Right. I, I have to say, I do enjoy those movies, even if they're so out there. I do enjoy them. They they're, are uh, just a, a, a level of ridiculousness, unlike anything <laughs> I've ever seen before. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. just complete and total suspension of disbelief because it's like yeah. you might as well just be well, watching a cartoon. I mean, they're beyond yeah, even James Bond movies. Mm-hmm. If you're you're looking at it like... Oh yeah, this could happen. Then you're nuts. But yeah. if you're looking at it for, I'm looking at it like, how the hell are they doing these sequences when they drag that safe all <laughs> over that freaking island? I'm like, how the hell is that? Fe-? But you know what? That's some great movie making right there. I but was, well, I was more, um, my 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 level when I cut it off was when they had the one in New York and they're driving the cars around New York and Manhattan. I'm like. That's impossible. Where's the that, traffic? Yes. Yes. You know yeah. what's great? Yes. That was the last one. Fast <laughs> or Fate of the Furious or whatever. And yeah. I remember watching it and them in New York. I'm like, I can dig them jumping <laughs> buildings in Dubai. I can, you know, all these things. But when, the, and when I'm watching them, I'm like, oh, we got to leave and get to get to, into the city. And just by the angle of it, I look at it and go like, well, they're in New Jersey <laughs> and they're, yeah. they're showing Whoa. the Freedom Tower. I'm like, so they're in downtown. They're in they're in New Jersey, parallel to downtown Manhattan, and they're driving south because I could tell by the way by the direction on the screen they were going. I'm like, wow, how they're going to get to yeah. uh, Times Square? <laughs> I have yeah. no idea. And they have to no drive cars. fast and furiously to get yes, there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Th- when they brought it to New York and the absolute lack of traffic and where they were driving from and to, I'm like, no, sorry, I finally. And they had I, the, the remote control cars. Cold. They had the remote control cars that she was yeah. controlling all of them. And I was like, all right, that's fine. But when they're driving up and down Manhattan, I'm like, nope, I can believe them yeah. taking over the cars. Yeah. The fact that they're in Manhattan. Well, well, I guess they figured 
<laughs> if they believed Tokyo Drift, that they're going right through <laughs> the middle of Tokyo, and all those people are really staying put on the sidewalks. Yeah. <laughs> if you exactly. can make the believe be, believe that, then what the hell? <laughs> and 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 the final point before we get to our final thoughts, because we have uh, less than three minutes to go. Um, the the as you were just saying in that one with the when they were in Manhattan, they had people just standing around like it's Manhattan, like nothing's going on, and there's flying cars and explosions, and they're like, eh, it's a normal day at yeah. lunch. Yeah, no, in, yeah in reality, exactly. Make it, make it more normal would be like Dustin Hoffman in uh, Midnight Cowboy. Someone just comes, well, I'm walking here, I'm walking here. <laughs> I'm walking here. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine someone banging on the hood of Vin Diesel's car, his muscle car, like, I'm walking here. I'm he would, walking. Oh, that would be great. Like a little, a little nebbish Jewish gentleman <laughs> just like smacking it. <laughs> And Diesel's like, oh, he's walking. You know, he's walking. So we're almost out of time. So let's have our final thoughts before we end this segment. Um, generally, Selden, do you have a final thought for us? Well, just to piggyback on that. I don't like the word piggyback. Just be a conscientious and respectful pedestrian because the drivers own the road. Thank you. Also, comic selling definition man strong. You have a final thought for us for this segment? Yes, it's better late than never. <laughs> senior correspondent Charlie Zaladino you have a uh, final thought yes let's just be nice to everybody respect everybody's opinion mm. and uh, get out there and vote All right, uh, according my... to my producer for tomorrow it's actually better to be never than late but we'll talk about that later <laughs> Charlie so... I just want to let you know I think your opinion's stupid <laughs> so, that... oh. <laughs> so that's it for this segment we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with Victor from the radio hi you've heard my voice open and close the show now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. And now get ready for the X-Men event, Ten of Swords, from Marvel Comics. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 3 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, Image, or Independent Comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. Thank you, and stay safe. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Burden Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about the classic movie, The Fugitive. The Fugitive, the classic movie? Really, I mean, in the I 1990s, know. I guess that's classic. I don't know now. If it's classic. I, I, you know what? I, that's a good definition. <laughs> I decided to throw it in there. I have no idea if it's classic. Well, you know what? When it was cl- so, that is a, the movie is based off a TV show, The Fugitive, which now is actually another TV show called The Fugitive, just coming out now. Hmm. It's with Kiefer Sutherland, which is going to be awesome because, you know, I think it's on now. I don't even know if it's premiered already or what, but, you know... um, Is it the same timeline? Like, the same story, basically? I think so. I think it's the same story. So, okay, what's the storyline of this, in case you don't know The Fugitive? You don't know? You you just watched the movie. (laughs) You can't. All right. So, stars. Basically, a person's on the run. Right. Yeah. A person's <laughs> on the run. Because he's framed for killing his wife, which he didn't do, and he's trying to prove that he's he in, didn't do it. Right. That yeah. he's innocent. This is the search for the one armed man. Okay. It stars Indiana Jones. I don't know his actor. You don't know the actor? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, this is so much trouble. This is what's dealing with. Are you Generation Z now? I don't even know. Millennials, Generation Z, this is crazy. Millennials, Gary. I, whatever. <laughs> that, that's that's my uh, brother. But yes, okay. Um, so yes, Generation Z. And now you know that The Fugitive is apparently a classic movie Catch from the 90s or late so. 80s. What? Catch Me If You Can is probably a classic. That's not a classic. That's in the 2000s. That's not a classic. That's in the two. I mean, I guess it could be a classic. But well, what's a, give me an example. Well, a classic movie was like in the 50s or the 40s or, you know, something like that. I mean, you could also well, talk about cult movies, which we could talk about a whole other thing. Stop, you know, you know yeah. that we could figure that out. 
Um, but yeah, so, all right, we got to get back on subject of The Fugitive, okay? So it stars Harrison Ford, who's Indiana Jones, oh, and a whole bunch of other, ama- oh, Han Solo, I mean, you know, he's oh, yeah, Han Solo. Really, yeah. Right, because we can talk about Star Wars, and, you know, Han Solo is like a blip in the, in, in the world of uh, their Generation Z-ness. <laughs> okay. <Thanks>. Um, <laughs> and it stars Tommy Lee Jones. Who, he was so good in the movie. Right, exactly. He was awesome. He in was this amazing. Movie. I really wish, uh, you know, I mean, they did make a sequel to it, which wasn't as good, called U.S. Marshals. But anyway, Harrison Ford's on the run, right? Yeah. And uh, Tommy Lee Jones is after him, and he's trying to figure out if he, um, you know, well, he's trying to capture him, and then um, Harrison Ford's trying to prove his innocence, right? Yeah, 90% of the time, he is literally like, so close to him, like, almost right behind him. Or, like, he sees him, but he just can't, like, get in grasp with him. It's... Right, so... It's so good. Yeah, so that's the whole thing. Richard Kimball is his name in the movie, and he's one step ahead. Um, and it's pretty It's pretty funny. So, it, well, not funny, exciting, I guess you'd <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, exciting. It is exciting. That's so great. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a great movie. You didn't want to watch it when I introduced it to you. Well, that's and... with all the movies. That's with right. Every movie that uh, I try to provide for you or show you, you're like, no, I don't want to watch this old movie because it takes a while to build up the story. Because it want... does. Every movie takes a while to build up the story. Yes, it's called character development. These days, everything's really fast, you know, and your character is developed as he's shooting somebody. <laughs> so now this is a real story. It's uh, it's actually happening. You kind of like develop. Oh, this is the doctor, and this is you know what he's doing and what he's all about. And it's a mystery. Mysteries need development. Okay, that's true. Because you didn't know who this guy, who the guy really. He, you knew he was after uh, this one-armed man, but you didn't know who really did it, right? If he really did it, yeah. Or... Or I didn't know who, like, was conspiring with the person. Ooh, conspiring. I like that. It was a conspiracy, <laughs> for sure. It was awesome. But anyway, would you recommend this movie? Yes. And it's on Netflix, right? Was it Netflix? No, it wasn't. No, I got it on it something else. It was a Fire Stick thing, right? Yeah, I forgot what it was on. Yeah, so, um, you know, it is out there. I, we definitely recommend I mean, I definitely recommend this classic film. Right. I recommend it too. All right. Well, until next time, and I'm going to try and check out the TV show. Let us know if you've watched the show or watched the movie. Definitely put um, comments in the links. Comments in the <laughs> comments in the post. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. See ya. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on breads, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to the Camp Friday, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres speaking. I am here with a Long Island legend, Mr. Pop in Twist. (laughs) Legend. I'll try one day at a time. One day at a time, I'll build my legend, right? I mean, you have been, uh, you've been around for uh, at least, as far as I know, about 10 years. Yeah, it's almost 10 years. It'll be June of, June of 2021 will be officially 10 years of being Mr. Papa Twist. Yes. Yeah. See, so like it, it qualifies as a legend. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Long Island legend. I'll take it. I'm trying. I'm trying. So, so let's start with the basics. Where, okay. what does Mop, Mop and Twist? What does Mr. Mop and Twist? That's your cousin. That's your cousin. That's, that's, that's the puppet version. Mop and Twist. <laughs> So where does Mr. Pop and Twist come from? And is it like a, a rap kind of guy that, that pops and locks? Is it a 90s theme <laughs> or is it something completely different? I'll tell you, um, the name came from the fact that I didn't want to be, you know, my, my real name is Derek. I don't, I don't want to be Derek the Balloon Twister. You know, I, I want to have a little more flair than that. So I, um, I went out and I, I, when I got my first gig to do this professionally, before, before this, I was a guy, I, I would work at, you know, my friend's parties and just, push balloons for fun or to get experience. But when I decided to really go out and do this, I was like, okay, great. I got my first gig. I didn't have a name. So I'm like, oh crap, what am I going to do? 
So I texted all my theater friends and my, you know, creative friends. Um, one big mass text went out. And I was like, guys, I have a gig in 24 hours. I want to make I have a cool name when I go there. What do you think? And I got a litany of things back. So many things back. Uh, just spitting out all kinds of things. Every variation you could think of that would involve balloons and twisting and everything. You know, every word and synonym was being banded around. And I took two of them that had came across and, and uh, put them together. And I, and I created Mr. Poppin' Twist because I thought it was a great name. It had flair to it. And I spelled it as a name, like, you know, like P-O-P-P-I-N-T-W-I-S-T. So it's kind of like a actual, the, the guy actually had a last name, Poppin' Twist. So what would he do? He'd do balloons. It makes only sense that he would work in that, in that area. So that way I could, you know, I could be Mr. Poppin' Twist and I, I could just kind of be me and not have to have a character because my, my friends were like, oh, you should be Professor Poppin' Twist. And I'm like, that's great. But that sound, and I, I love alliteration. I'm an old school comic book guy. So alliteration is, a, you know, a Stanley staple. But I didn't want to uh, have to put on a character. I wanted to just be me. So uh, Mr. Poppin' Twist became just an exaggerated version of me over the last 10 years. Uh, me on 11, as I say. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I mean, so, you know, Mr. Poppin' Twist is, uh, it has has become a brand and become a character that I did, I never really conceived of, you know, back in the day when I just want to have a cool name to push balloons for. So now, now stupid question time. Yeah. You don't want the balloons to pop. So why wouldn't you want to have pop in your name? Because I do. Um, you know, you want to pop. All right. No, 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 no. If a balloon artist tells you they, they don't pop balloons, they're lying. Every balloon <laughs> pops balloons either accidentally or on purpose it just happens um sometimes or other times you need to pop you use part of a balloon you pop off the rest so that was kind of the idea i had it was on popping and twisting balloons so uh you know and so mr pop and twist was you know it it, it flowed it made more it made sense so how did you how does how did you and how does one get into the balloon artistry business Oh, it's very difficult here. Yeah, see, you have to spend years, years as an apprentice under a no. Uh, <laughs> I um, I I the, the, I've been telling this story obviously for years. The long story short of it, I was at a birthday party. My son was four years old, and we were at the party. There was a balloon twister at the party, and the balloon twister was just killing it, knocking it out of the park. And my son sat there and watched him for an hour. He was four years old. He didn't move. He just watched him for an hour. And I was like, holy cow, this guy can make my four-year-old son <laughs> still for an hour. He's on to something. So not too long after that, I'm at the mall. And then we walk by this little booth. And they had the, the little, like, you know, the the uh, the balloon kit, the little tiny pump and, like, 50 balloons and a little piece of paper with how to twist a dog and how to twist a sword, you know. And uh, I picked that up. And, and my son and I spent a weekend just making, you know, balloons out of that this little you know piece of cardboard you know that we have five balloons you know here here's a dog and then here's a sword and here's a flower and now we'll put the dog at the end of the sword and I mean oh we just you know a hat goofy stuff you know and that went on and with grace is great and we loved it so much we wanted to move on and do more so I found a, a guy local to me at the time um John Reed who owned Tricky Business and John um had a a beginning balloon twister class he did it once a month and I asked him, I said, how, how old do you have to be to be in the class? He goes, well, how old your son is? My son's four and a half years old. He goes, all right, that's fine. So my son and I took a, a beginning balloon class. He was four and a half and it was me. And it just was one of those things that took off organically from there. You know, um, he really liked doing it. I liked doing it. I would twist balloons. You know, I was home. I was, I was not working at the time. I was actually, um, I was actually home. I had worked for, in, in television for quite some time. And this was 2009 when the economy had taken the big hit. So I was home um, with my son looking for more work. And it was a good chance, you know, chance for, to bond with him. And we would make balloons. My wife was pregnant at the time. So she'd come home, you know, seven and eight months pregnant yeah, from working all day. And she'd come home to a couch full of balloon animals. And, uh, you know, that, that, yeah, that doesn't go over well. I'll tell you that right now. Just want to say that. It does not go over well. So she was like, can you please get these balloons out of the house? So I didn't want to pop them, you know? So I take them to, to kids' parties that my son was invited to, or I, I, do, I go to his pre-K class and I take balloons to his pre-K class. And it just was a very, very, just, I, I just had fun with balloons. He had fun with balloons and that's how it got started. And then people would ask me, oh, do you do parties? I'm like, I don't really do parties. I just play with balloons, you know, with my son. And, and they were like, well, you can, 
you're going to come do balloons at my party. And I'm, what would you need to do? And I would say, hey, just buy some balloons and I'll come boost it. You get, you get what you pay for at that point, you know? <laughs> you know? I mean, you buy two bags of balloons and I'll do my best, you know? And, and it, went, it, it went great. And it, 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 uh, one, one turned into another and then I got confident enough that I could do it. I mean, I've been performing in front of people since I was 13 years old, but it's not the same as, you know, doing balloons. So I wanted to be, you know, make sure I was confident enough to twist balloons and entertain at the same time and be in front of people. So that's kind of how it happened. So I, and then, you know, I said, I got, I got, a, I got a phone call. I was posting balloons on Facebook. I got a phone call. Hey, I saw your balloons. I'm doing a benefit and the entertainer had to back out. Would you be able to come into this benefit for us? It'd be awesome. I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And that was my, was my first gig. And I would tell you in my first year in business, I worked two gigs. That was uh, in my entire first year as Mr. Poppin Twist, I worked two gigs. Um, my second year, I did maybe five or six gigs. And that those five or six gigs set me up moving forward because uh, I'm, I'm a word of mouth guy. I mean, I, I promote, I mean, I have all the social media and I promote myself, but I don't advertise anywhere. If, you know, it's all word of mouth with me. And so in that second year, I did six parties um my third year i almost i tripled that in my third year because people had talked about how much they had good time with me and they liked what i did and uh i i one of the parties i did was for a um a girl scout troop so i literally did that following year i did every one of the girls birthdays from that girl scout troop uh <laughs> so i was real big in west babylon for a little while there but <laughs> but um but yeah it was uh it, that that's it, it i've 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 had a great track of just kind of going with the flow, putting things out there and, and, and you know, just trying to work towards, you know, seeing where they go. And uh, that's, that's how I got, that's how I got started. That's how, I'm, that's how I still work. Well, the important thing is, is because you are you, it's not like you have pop and twist clones that are going out whenever there's a gig, you show up. So right. it's good to start in that fashion through word of mouth, as opposed to having a multi-billion dollar advertising campaign. And then you have to turn down work. Right. Because it's oh, always yeah. you. Oh, right, for sure. And, and yeah, it's a blessing and a curse to be, you know, to be. Uh, I mean, I'm a sole proprietor. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the whole company. I'm, I'm Mr. Pop and Twist. When you call Mr. Pop and Twist, you get me. I don't have, I don't have, you know, college age kids that can send <laughs> me instead. You know, uh, and that's, you know, that, so I, yeah, I can only work so many hours a day. I can only do so many parties in a weekend. That's why I tell people I'm a first come, first serve guy. If you can get a hold of me, great, because you know, I'm, I'm yours. But if you, if you can't, if, if I'm booked, I'm booked. Um, and yeah, so that, yeah, that's 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 the, that's the, that's the two sides of the coin. Is I got I get a chance to to get more popular, and I get a chance to get used. But eventually, there's only so many things I can do in a day. So uh, I, I kind of have a I kind of have a, a my own glass ceiling, as it were. And on the same note, as because it is just you, you do have your own look. Yes. So we have to talk about the balloon shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've told me the story off the air, but can you uh, tell us a little bit how you got that that look to be Mr. Poppin' Twist? Oh, of course. Um, when I first got started, I twisted in a polo shirt, just a, a black or a dark blue or red polo shirt. And I had a, 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 a pin my father made that said Mr. Poppin' Twist on it, a gold pin that said Mr. Poppin' Twist on it. And uh, I did that for a year, two years, like I said. And... I had gotten connected with Mick Foley, pro wrestler, NFL, NFL, <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Famer. Um, I had gotten I had gotten connected to him through uh, charity work he had done with my wife's job, and he had asked me to come and do some opening audience warm up for him for his comedy shows when he was making comedy stops on Long Island. I mean, he was torn all over the country, but when he was uh, when he was stopping Long Island. Um, at your governor's or brokerage or wherever he was going, I would come and I would entertain the audience because he would say, in, this, in his words, he would go to a Comic-Con and his line would be out the door for autographs. He would go to his comedy show. And he's got 10 people in the seats. He's like, how can, I, how can I turn that around? So he started offering, if you buy a ticket to his show, you get a free picture and a free autograph from Mick Foley when you, at the end of the show. So he's packing out comedy clubs hundred and some odd people in a comedy club waiting in line at the end of a show. So he needed something to entertain them while they were doing that, you know, enter Mr. Poppin' Twist. <laughs> um, 
which was great. So yeah, you know, and I and I I had that pro wrestling love already. I was making pro wrestler balloons, which is kind of how Mick found out about me. And so he invited me to come and appear with him on a radio show appearance. We were promoting uh, the second Eternal Con because I missed the first Eternal Con. I was it was a, it was that one day show back then when they switched to two days the second year. He was appearing at a radio show. He invited me to come down to the radio station and appear with him. And about three months before that appearance, not connected, I get a message from him. And he goes, hey, what size shirt do you wear? And I went, I'm a double X. And he goes, great. That was the end of the conversation. (laughs) So I meet him in the parking lot of the radio station. And he's standing by his car. I walk over to him and shake his hand and say hello. And he has this shirt on his shoulder. He tosses it off like, like, like me and Joe Green in the old Dr. Pepper commercial. You know, here you go, kid. And, uh, and he gave me this shirt. And, and he said he went, he, it was when he was doing his Christmas theme stuff and his seamstress made this shirt for me. And I was like, this is awesome. And, you know, and you know, it was a hell of a gift. I was thrilled to get it. Uh, and I was actually scared to wear it. He actually got it. He was offended in the beginning. He was like, I should wear the shirt. I said, because Mick, you gave it to me because I didn't give it to you to put in a, in a closet. I gave it to you to wear it. So I make, I, I, I comment, he branded Mr. Poppins was that day because I put that balloon shirt on and then it just be, became a whole different aspect of the Mr. Poppins was character where I now walk into a room with that shirt on and, a, and my balloon belt and no one looks at my face. They see my balloons. They hear my, my you know, my, they, they hear me, you know, talking, you know, I talk loud and draw a crowd, they see my balloons, and that's it. It, it gave me that kind of superhero alter ego, because, right. you know, because now when I walk into a place with the shirt on, Mr. Popacus is here, the party's here, it's going to be a lot of fun, but I could take that shirt off, and I could go out to my car, take the shirt off, come back in, and not one person who I just came <laughs> is going to know who I am. It's it's this weird thing that happens. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's how I got the shirt. I got I, I got the shirt. And I wore the shirt. I wear the shirt. I still have the original shirt. Um, I wore it for three years, and it got threadbare and a little bit dingy. So I still have it. I wear it to uh, super show events and stuff. When I, you know, when it, it's like my lucky charm sometimes. But um, I, I got two more shirts made. So now I have now I have three you know three shirts altogether. Hmm. So let's talk about how you actually build items because I have seen some crazy imaginative things that you put together and it looks pretty darn good. Oh, thank you. What kind of like, what kind of thought process goes into something like that? Do you have to imagine what the thing looks like beforehand and you just, or you do it like piece by piece? How do you do something like that? Well, I mean, it's a little bit of theme and variation. Um, There's only about maybe a dozen twists in the world of balloon twisting. I mean, as far as the, the nuts and bolts of balloon twisting. There's a, a fold twist and, and different size bubbles and a frumple twist. And, and there's, you know, these different names for different, for different things that you do. And there's always so many you can do. The bottom line of what makes a balloon uh, piece, a balloon sculpture, is how many balloons you make, how many balloons you put into the design, and what color balloons you use and where you put the twists. Hmm. So... At this point, I mean, you said almost 10 years in, but I've been twisting balloons for probably 11 years at this point. Um, You can look at what exists in balloon form and you can customize that to fit what you're trying to make. So like when I I make a lot of, like I make a lot of superheroes, pro wrestlers, that kind of thing. I use the same body type, basically the same two body types for my superheroes, my pro wrestlers. Um, then I just change the color, change the proportions a little bit, um, add a little bit, oh, excuse, me. <coughs> excuse me, add a little bit of this and that, add the extra details, and then that's how it comes together. I try to work in a loose style. What I mean by that is there are people out there who are brilliant, and I'm the first person to say how brilliant they are. And they'll make these amazing sculptures with balloons where every muscle is in the design of the face. And they, they use 20 balloons just to do a head. And that's brilliant. And that's great. And I just don't have the patience or the time to do that. <laughs> so what I've tried to do over the, my career is, design, is come up with a, a, um, a design that I can do quickly, that I'm comfortable with doing, that looks good. 
that I can, it's also customizable enough that, that I can interchange pieces and make it work with a lot of different types of bodies. And uh, so, you know, it, it's, it, the, my, my basic balloon, if you see any of my, you know, my, 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 my figures is what I'm known for primarily, I'm known for my figure work. Uh, is there all, if you look at them, there's 50% of every balloon I do is probably the same. And it's just, you know, sometimes it's 75% of a balloon I do is the same, depending on what I'm doing. Um, you know, and, and it just, it's just trying to find, you know, the best way to use it is the music reference of human variation. You, you already have the, the base, just keep elaborating on it and you can, you can make it work. You know, keep adding balloons. It's like adding, it's like adding clay or taking clay away if you're sculpting. You're just adding balloons to, to give you more of what you need. Interesting. Oh, all right. So um, we're almost out of time. So let's hit the social media time. So okay. where can people find out more about you, uh, websites, all that stuff? And I know there's a contest going on right now in Long Island. Yes, there is. Uh, yeah, I've nominated. I've been nominated for Best of Long Island, which you can vote at bestoflongisland.com. I was nominated in two categories. I was nominated in Party and Event Entertainer. And Long Island personality, which was a shock. I didn't even, didn't even see that one coming, uh, which is great. It means I'm making inroads. As you said, I'm becoming a legend one day at a time. You are a legend. <laughs> You're already there. Uh, yeah, you can you can you can vote for me. I'm in the arts and entertainment category of Best of Long Island. Uh, you just look under the category Best of Arts and Entertainment, and there's a big drop down. And in those two subcategories, you'll have Party Event Entertainer and Long Island personality, and you can vote for me in them. Uh, that would be awesome. If you want to look for my social media, you can certainly do that. Uh, you can go to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. They're all the same. Mr. Poppa Twist, one word, M-R-P-O-P-P-I-N-T-W-I-S-T. And you can find me online at mrpoppatwist.com. All right. So um, we have less than two minutes to go, so I guess we'll hit our final thoughts. So final thought uh, for anybody else out there? Final thoughts for anyone else out there? Yeah, do you have any final thoughts? <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, well, sure. Um, well, I'll tell you, uh, this is just a fun thing. To, well, first and foremost, I um, thank everyone for the support over the years. And obviously, entertainment's getting hurt right now in a lot of ways. So try to find the veins and the ways that you can, you know, you can use entertainment and enjoy it. Uh, you know, I, I, people, theaters closing, um, you know, all kinds of places. So I, I feel for all my, all my friends, I'm happy for anybody who, wants to book me for a, bar, a party and I'm thankful that they have, and I'm, you know, I will eke out whatever I can and I'll, I'll promote everyone I can to get their work too, because we're all in it together, you know? All right. So my final thought is this, um, like I said, I've known you for almost 10 years. You're a really <laughs> cool guy. Your work is amazing. Thank um, you. I know it's times are tough right now, but uh, I want everybody to go to the website, vote for him. And that way he'll be, uh, well, what's what's higher than a legend? What's what's the next step after you're a legend? <laughs> I don't know. Is, is icon bigger than legend? I have no idea. Okay, yeah. So then we'll turn you into the icon, <laughs> <laughs> and then you can start having your own little uh, what is it, a franchise? <laughs> oh, you know, I'm working on it. I got I got things. You know, I got I got ideas. I I, I did a I did a live show on on uh, on Facebook uh, during the height of the quarantine. I'm trying to figure out how to make that into an actual TV style show. So. Uh, I got ideas. I got plans. All right. So that is it. So um, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with the Came from the Radio. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. So as with every week, the music is always a clue in as to what I'll be discussing. Uh, I, of course, chose the X-Men um, 1990s cartoon music because I'm discussing a super team today. Specifically, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen by Alan Moore. 
I thought it's an amazing concept. Not the best uh, motion picture adaptation, even though it says on the cover here, now a major motion, pic now a major motion picture. Um, if you saw the motion picture back in 2003, it's weird. It's not, it's not the best. It was actually, I found it entertaining, but it's not exactly a great comic book movie. And the book is way, way, way better, as is usual with Alan Moore's stuff. Uh, the more Alan Moore inspired movies you watch, the more you understand why he never wants his name on them or likes them. Anyway, as I always do, let me go to the back of the book and give you the summation of the book. London, 1898. The Victorian era draws to a close and the 20th century approaches. It is a time of great change and an age of stagnation, a period of chaste order and ignoble chaos. It is an era in need of champions. Alan Quartermain, Captain Nemo, Holly Griffin, Dr. Je Henry Jekyll, Mr. Edward Hyde, and Mina Murray are those champions and together they compromise the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Recruited by the enigmatic Campion Bond, under orders from the mysterious M, these six adventurers are pressed into service by their empire in its time of need. Now they must face the nefarious Doctor and his vile plan for world domination. But things are not entirely as they seem. Other factors, cryptic and corpuscular, I'm hoping I said that word right, or also at play. A remarkable drama ensues. Um, and it pretty is. It pretty much is. It's the thing that I wish more um, writers would try to do. Not necessarily this exact story, but Alan Moore, I thought, was genius in that he used public domain characters and created something original with them. And I'm kind of annoyed sometimes that that there aren't more writers in comics working in the public domain, um, myself included. Sometimes, you know, we we're trying to make these new characters or whatever, and trying to put stuff out there. But you have these great, great literature characters that people can write. You know, classically Sherlock Holmes, um, and it's a shame that people aren't trying to well be more well read and know about these characters and try and use them. Um, Anyway, I love the book because it's so rich in being British. From the characters that uh, Alan Moore chose, to, you know, there's an M, British intelligence, a nefarious doctor. You know, it, it even though it's supposed to be taking place in the Victorian era, it's so rich with just like British pop culture, um, and even not so pop culture, just British historical culture and references and allusions to things. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love this kind of stuff. I love things that um, are slightly historical. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's way better than the movie. There's no Tom Sawyer. Um, <laughs> that was really made no sense why he was in the movie, uh, you know, to appeal to American audiences, I suppose. But definitely go check it out. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You can get it anywhere. Your local comic book store, if it's open, Comixology, Amazon, everywhere. You don't need just Google it. You're going to find it, okay? And that's the pick of the week, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Logic clearly dictates that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Or the one. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. Hi, this is Mary Wilson of the Supremes, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here, any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, then you can take your
Milwaukee stars for not losing an hour of your life. Go to www.itcamefromrio.com. Listen to the archives, which will be up in a week or so. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a YouTube page. Also, check us out on btdradio.com. And we'll see you next week. And remember, if you're not laughing, you're not living. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. <laughs> <laughs>